Every time we have this gospel passage, I can't help but think of a, a parishioner some uh, parishes ago, a number of parishes ago, uh, came up to me and said, you know, today's gospel is my life verse. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. Uh, he was talking not about the, you know, the history or, or John the Baptist, but rather make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and mountain and hill be made low. He was in road construction. And uh, putting those two together, though, there's something very real for us to reflect on. One thing I did, did, did not mention, amidst of all the things that I did mention about the Gospel of St. Luke, is St. Luke is very concerned about giving us the precise historic moments that we can situate it in time. And for I think there's one really good reason for that. He wants us to have certainty of our faith. So he's not writing in these vagaries or, or you know, there was a time when da-da-da, on and on. If you know enough about the, some of the myths of the other gods, and, and I probably know more about the Greek gods uh, than any, uh, anything else, but I, I know a little bit about some of the other uh, lower G, of course, gods. The Greek gods, it was said that so-and-so went in, but they never, give, never really situate in a time, in a specific time, in a specific place. All I know is that any time the gods uh, interfered with humanity, somebody either ended up de dead or pregnant, and sometimes it was both, especially with Zeus. But they were never situated in a historical period, in a very, very precise historical period. And St. Luke is writing because Jesus Christ is in a very historical period. And it can be uh, uh, nailed down with some certainty. He's, he starts this in the 15th year of the re reign of Tiberius Caesar. Tiberius began to reign about 14 AD. <clears throat> Should back up, maybe we know that the A.D. or B.C. period did not begin until some years after Jesus' death and resurrection. Uh, almost, uh, if I remember right, like almost 300, 400 years after. Uh, and uh, so how did they tell time or how did, how did they set their calendar? It was by the rulers, and specifically by the Roman rulers at the time. And so he's giving us a precise date of about 29 or 30 A.D., when John the Baptist begins his ministry, begins to proclaim this message. And, of course, he names these other historical names of Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea. He was only governor about six years, uh, about three years before this, and about three more years, or about two years before this, and about four years after this. Uh, he, uh, he was removed about a year after Jesus' death and resurrection. Or Herod the, Herod the Tetrarch. This is not Herod the Great that we'll hear at Christmas, but rather his son and Philip and Licinius. These are historical people. As a side note, this is what St. Luke is doing is precisely why we have Pontius Pilate mentioned in the, in the creed that we will say today. Because it's a very historical moment. And this specific name helps us to ground that. But at a, if we take a step back, we might be able to discern something more, especially with the mention of Tiberius Caesar. It wasn't just a, a nice mention to ground Jesus in history, but rather to remind us of the period of the time. 
Tiberius Caesar was the second great emperor. The first, of, of course, was Octavian or Augustus Caesar. Augustus began a period of peace. In fact, uh, there were three particular years there, there was profound peace declared. It wasn't that it was complete absence of war, conflict, or anything like that, but that Rome was relatively peaceful. And what happens when there's times of peace is you can focus on infrastructure. And Rome did. Some of the massive buildings that we have continued with us, the Colosseum being probably the most famous, were built during a period of 200 years, starting with Augustus and ending about 150 A.D. In fact, in 55 A.D., Seneca, the historian, named that period that began with Augustus as a Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome, because now roads and aqueducts were being built not only in Rome, not only in uh, the parts of modern-day Italy that are around Rome, but in all the known Roman Empire, not in every village or or small little uh, backwater swamp land or whatever, but in, in the major cities. In fact, there remains of that of this period uh, aqueducts in Israel. They had peace enough to build these aqueducts, roads, systems of communi- communication. Certainly not what we have now, but the communication of the time was greater than any other period before or after until relatively recently. And into that moment, into that precise moment, Jesus Christ is born. John the Baptist is born. And in that precise moment, they begin their ministry. We're taking a big step ahead, but it's okay for us to do this because we know Jesus began his ministry. But after, after Jesus' death and resurrection... What do the disciples do? What do the apostles do? They don't stay just in Jerusalem. They don't just stay in Judea. They don't just stay in Galilee. They go to the ends of the earth, capable of doing that only because the great road systems that Rome had established in the known empire. It's because of the Pax Romana that they could travel with relative safety. And so there's a literal connection, a historical connection between what we have in today's first half of the gospel and the last half of John the Baptist. But he's not one who's preparing the way in a literal way. He's not in the road construction business. He's not lowering the mountains and raising the valleys that had to be done in, in order to make travel safer. But St. John the Baptist is inviting others to in themselves prepare the way of the Lord. Because Rome, without knowing it, Rome had no intention, of course, of preparing the way for for the message of this Messiah to go out to the ends of the earth. Oh, God could use that despite their reluctance, perhaps. And we know, of course, talking about the Pax Romani, that it wasn't completely peaceful. Christians were martyred during the Pax Romani. Many Christians were martyred. How many were martyred in the Colosseum? How many were martyred in the circuses of Rome or circuses and Colosseums throughout the empire? But 
the road was made straight and level and smooth for them. The message of John the Baptist is one we'll hear next week, too, actually a little stronger. But it remains for us that we are, too, to prepare for the way of the Lord. Just as the Lord had prepared for the coming of Christ, not only in the peoples of Christ's lineage, those that are doing a Jesse tree, you've been praying with those images, uh, and it's, it's a beautiful custom to remember Adam and Abraham and Sarah, Ruth and David, Solomon, Hezekiah, all these great people that God raised up in order to prepare a line for Christ. Not only did God, as already said, prepare the roads and the communication systems, but God is preparing us. And we, some 2,000 years later, continue to need that preparation. Oh, so many times we've allowed things to stand in our path or stand in the path of Jesus coming to us. And sometimes grief stands in that path. Sometimes it's sadness, abuse. Sometimes it's addictions. These are hard things to deal with, but they block or can block Jesus Christ unless we allow him to remove from us those obstacles. And so we need him to to do this. Sometimes they seem like insurmountable mountains, but faith can move mountains, can't it? And so we ask the Lord to help us move those mountains. Sometimes our own pride gets in the way. We've built up ourselves to a level that is unreal. We need to allow the Lord to remind us of the truth of who we are. The truth of that we are sinners, perhaps, but sinners that are never beyond God's mercy. Sinners that are never without his love. And sometimes we're broken so far, we think there's nothing that can reach us into that pit and valley of sadness and death. But the Lord reaches down even there. We need to allow him to prepare our hearts. That's what this Advent season is about for us. Not literally making the road smooth, making the road straight, filling the valley or lowering the mountains, but spiritually, that we can allow him to prepare the path, that he comes not only in history, not only in the end of time and majesty, but he comes to us if we allow him every moment of our day. And most especially, he comes to us as the Eucharist. He comes to us this day to fill our lives with his presence.